Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It is good to see each and every one of you here this morning. I do hope that you did have a good week. And I want to play off that second song this morning. Oh, real quick, just to, just to just chase a quick rabbit. Who are you building your life on? Where's your priorities? Where's your focus? What are you running after? Think about it. You know what you're, uh, what you're pursuing. Yesterday I was on the phone with my brother. He had to go. He's over First Baptist Church, Cedartown, Georgia, outside of Atlanta, south of Rome. And he was having a talk on the radio station at the Little League Baseball. It was kickoff for the Little League Baseball season there in, uh, there in Cedartown. And in Georgia, you can't be talking on the phone, so he had his cell phone down, and actually it was even worse, he had me on FaceTime, so I was, I was watching him drive, and I was either looking at his four-wheel drive high, or looking at the air conditioner was on, or something, and he would, he would turn it around, and he would point it at me, or whatever, but, but he was riding to the ball field, and it's right there in the town, and he rode, and he rode, and he rode, and he was, he was looking for a parking spot. He says, I don't think I'm ever going to find a parking spot around here. He literally rode all over, finally had to park out on the back 40 because there was nowhere to park. Because everybody was at Little League Baseball kickoff. Every car. And I can guarantee you one thing. And and I'm not knocking them. I don't even know them. I'm not talking about them. I'm not calling anybody out. I'm talking to you guys, but I guarantee you every one of those cars will not be in parking lots in front of churches this morning. It's sad to think we got Easter coming. Churches will be packed on Easter because it's Easter and Christmas, and I want them to be. Man, I want them to be. I pray that, I pray that we have to make people feel really uncomfortable in this room with the number of people. we got to, you see the, the signs are off on the side so we can pack them tight on the edges and we'll be every other row in the middle. But my prayer for Chapel Hill is that we're having to stick them off into the gym and stick them off into the family life area back here. I pray that we're running over at the seams three different times. And I pray that that's happening at every church all over Northport, Tuscaloosa here in two weeks. But you know... Why should that not be the case every week? Because there's no good news being taught at a Little League Baseball. Yes, we can see our children, and it's fun. I mean, we see our kids and our grandkids, and we sit out there and we catch the the foul balls and the home runs, and we cheer for our students and our children. Yes, it's great. But guys, our world has got their priorities in a pickle. All over the place. The distractions are everywhere. The distractions have us chasing every different thing out there. And unfortunately for many, Christ is not in the story. I preached several Wednesday nights ago, is Jesus even on the field? I wasn't thinking about Little League Baseball at the time. I wasn't thinking about football. I was just thinking about in the field of our lives. Does he get much playing time in our life? Does he get much attention in our life? Does he get get what he rightfully deserves in our life? Easter's coming, and I do pray that, that many, many, many will do one or two things. They'll rededicate their lives. If you're not committed, I pray that you are. If you're not committed, my question is, why are you not? We see what Christ has done for us. We see the... 
We see how far he went to pursue us and to make us his very own. Not to let us get far, far away, but he came and he found us and he made us his. So yes, to rededicate our lives, and that can be done even now. That can be done right now. Rededication looks like, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, if, if there's a little league game kicking off right now, if the opening season was whatever the date is today at 9 o'clock opening season, I'd probably be there instead of here. It may be you. I don't know. But, but when we commit, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying not go see them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, here's what I'm saying, church. I want you to hear it. What part does Jesus get? Does he get the, 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 the leftover when the balls games are over and when work is finished and, and when hunting season is out and when the bass quit biting and the, shot and the, and the good Friday is over and, and college football season ends and the camping stops? and You know, I just don't have nothing to do this weekend, so I'm going to go to church. He gets what's left. He's given us everything. He's given us life and hope, and He's given us freedom from the wrath of God and from sin and all of that, and He gets what part? I can't answer for you. I have to, I have to deal with this in my own person and in my own family. What portion of my life is given to Christ? Is, does He get what's left over, or does He get... First things of who I am. I can't answer for you. I'm convicted when I look at my own life. I'm convicted when I think about the time I spend wasting, wasted away, whether it's thumbing through a phone or watching TV or doing useless, pursuing useless things. It's crazy. I got a stack of Bibles by my bed. You got a stack of Bibles by your bed? I got a stack of Bibles by my bed, and I usually reach over and I. You know what I grab off the top of that stack? You know what I grab off the top of that stack? My cell phone. Sickening, isn't it? How dare you, preacher? And you call yourself a pastor. I'm just as messed up as the rest of us. I have to swallow that. I have to deal with that. I have to live with that. I walk in the bedroom and I see that stack and I see my phone and I look over there and I cannot tell you the number of times, the number of times there's been a conscious prayer, a prayer, a convicting moment and I look at them and I say, Lord, I'm sorry. And I'll get there and I pick up the word of God and I'll hear a vibration. Or I'll hear a, I'll hear a ring or I'll hear a bump or I'll hear a beep or I'll hear something and that word it's quickly laid down and i got to get it because this is urgent. This could be the guy saying something. If you only read what said, you would say, put that one back down. But it could be Wendy calling. It could be Daddy calling. It could be Carly calling. And then from that telephone message, jumps over to Facebook Messenger Jumps over, well, let me, let me catch up. It's been a good 30 minutes. It's been a good hour. It's been a good 15 minutes that I've not checked up on Facebook. So let me just thumb through real quick and get caught up. Bible's moved from lap to over here, and it's just then, hey, well, let me, let me uh, check Instagram. It's been a little bit. Well, let me see how Alabama's doing in the 
the sweet 64, whatever you call it. I know what it's called. March Madness. But see, that's what it is. Now let me, let me check the golf and let me go check all this stuff. And the, and the Bible's moved from the side of the bed to the good, well-intentioned lap to the over here. And then I'm here and then, oh wow, I need to run. And I go and I walk out the door and what's laying on the bed is there's the Bible. I'm not the only one. No, yours may not be. Some of you have done said, well, mine ain't by my bed. I ain't laying in the bed. No, but you're in your recliner. You're on your couch. You're at your table. You're at your kitchen table. You're at your coffee nook. You're at your sunroom. You're, at your, you're out by the pool watching. This is where you get your quiet time. Guys, distractions will not stop. Distractions will not stop. The enemy will remanufacture and he'll repackage and he'll re-deliver in a new way to keep us from pursuing the one who saved us. He's not going to stop. So it could be conviction and repentance, it could be rededication, and it could be for salvation. I want us to pray as we open. I don't know where if any, anybody needed that. I know I did. I just needed to confess, confess in front of about 150 of you. But you know what? I messed up just like you are. I need him every day just like you do. And no, yours may not be Facebook and Instagram and ESPN and everything else under the sun. Yours is something. It's just a different package. It's something, though. It's so urgent. It needs to be gotten right now at this moment. I can't miss it. And then I'm off to the next. It's so important. I got to do it. It's, it's, I got to do it right now. And we do that all through the day. It's so important. I got to get to it right now. And before long, the sun has done gone down. And now with the new time, when the sun goes down in a minute or two, it's bedtime. And oh, well, I'll get to you tomorrow. And tomorrow comes and the cycle starts right back over. And Wednesday comes, and Sunday comes, and Wednesday comes, and Sunday comes, and the word stays shut. Father God in heaven, we are so desperate in need of you every moment of our lives. Not just on Sundays, and not just on Wednesdays. But God, we desperately need you every moment of our lives. Where in the world would we be? How far off would we be if it were not for your convicting power of reminding us of our need for you from bringing us back? Lord, we, we get far off and you convict us and you bring us back. Praise God for your spirit. Praise God for your conviction. Praise God. That you don't let us just do what we want to do. Lord, I thank you that you didn't leave us. Lord, that you did send the helper back. To who God is in us and who leads us and shows us truth. God, I don't know who needs this this morning in this room. I don't know who's what they're dabbling in. I don't know what's distracting them. I don't know what, their, what theirs is that constantly pulls them away. 
Lord, but we as sons and daughters of yours humbly bow before you this morning saying we need you. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, for straying. Forgive us, Lord, for so quickly running away. Lord God, help us to get our priorities straight. Put you first. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to encourage you to invite people to Easter. Jesus came to this earth on a mission. Luke, turn over. We're going to look at a lot of scripture this morning. I just want us to do a lot of reading. Look at Luke chapter 19. Jesus came on a mission. Look, the, the, the cross did not surprise him. The death, the soldiers, the, the pulling his beard, the spitting on him, the hitting him across the face, that did not surprise him. Jesus came to this earth on a mission. He came with a purpose. Luke 19 verse 10 says this, it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Remember the situation that we were in as a people. We had gone far, far away from God. We had not trusted God. We had rebelled against Him there in the garden. And instead of letting us run so far away from God, He sent His very best. He didn't send Michael the archangel. He didn't send Gabriel. No, he did not send one of the angels. He sent his son. He sent himself. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We literally saw God himself come and live on this earth for us. And it was not by accident. It was an intentional sending. It was an intentional going. I do not know what the conversation looked like. Scripture does not tell us. But at the appointed time, Christ came forth being born of a virgin in a perfect way. That's exactly what God desired for us. Praise God that he did that. He didn't leave us far, far away. He didn't leave us steadily running away from him. Turn over with me to the book of John. John chapter 14. John 14. When you think of John 14, you think preacher's doing a funeral. If you hear my funerals, I'm going to be in John 14 most of the time. But I want you to go just up above John 14, starting 13. Notice this. Notice Jesus had been with his disciples now for some three and a half years, maybe. Think about it. We only see Jesus a few times. We see him at birth. We see him at eight days old. We see him at 12 years old. And we, then we see him at his baptism in the beginning of his earthly ministry at around 30 years old. So for about three and a half or so years, Jesus walks with his disciples and he intentionally poured into, he handpicked 12 men to come and follow him. To come and do as he did. To see how he lived. He went by the, the shore and got the men there in the fisher boats. He got the tax collectors. He got men from all over the place and said, hey, you come follow me. And he spent three and a half years with them. And it was all intentional. He had a purpose. There was, it was not accidental. It wasn't, it wasn't happen chance. Look up. Go up in 13. Beginning in 13, look at verse 33. Look at what Jesus says. Little children, John 13, 33. Little children, I am with you a little while longer. He knew what was coming. The cross was not a surprise to him. He knew it the whole time he was on a mission. 
Little children, I'm with you a little while longer. You will seek me, as I said to the Jews. Now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. But notice this. Listen, church. If there's anything I hope you hear this Easter is that Christ wants us to be loving one another. Christ came on a mission, and that mission, yes, was to seek and to save that which was lost, but to set an example of love that the world had never seen. There is no example in this world today, period. Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, you pick a good person. No one set the example of love like Christ did. He's the only one that died for you. Nobody else did. Look at what he says. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. See, at that moment, they didn't understand. They could not comprehend completely and fully what level, what extent of love that Christ was talking about because they didn't know the rest of the story. They didn't know that he was intentionally headed a certain direction, that he was going to a place. We know the rest of the story. As I've loved you, that you also love one another. Look at verse 35 by this. All people... All men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We pray on Wednesday night. We pray on Wednesday night for lost people. If you know somebody who does not have a personal relationship with Jesus, that they're lost either by word, they even, they even say it. They say, look, I, have, I don't want nothing to do with religion. I don't want organized religion. I don't want this Jesus you speak of. I don't want him. And then there's some, you know them by their love. Some people are just mean. Some people, there's no loving spirit. Some people, there's absolutely no way the Holy Spirit can live inside that person. Jesus says, they'll know you by our love, by your love for one another. Peter, Peter says in verse 36, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered, where I go, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me later. Notice this sermon. I'm, 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 and as I thought this week, and the Lord gave me these verses, I'm thinking, yeah, but I'm preaching over. All of these are like sermons and sermons and sermons. And he said, well, just read it to him." Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you right now? I'll lay down my life for you. Doesn't that sound like us on some Sunday mornings? Doesn't that sound like us on some Sunday mornings when we repent and we confess and we say, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll never do it again. I will go out those doors this morning, and I will go into the world, and I'm going to be bold for you. I'm going to shine for you. They're going to know me that I'm a follower of yours because of my love for one another. And then he comes in the room. Or she comes in the room. Sounds a lot like Peter, doesn't it? Peter says to Jesus, I'll follow you forever. And Jesus said, Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, if a rooster will not crow until you deny me three times, we know the rest of the story. Then look at John 14, 1. John 14, 1, I read it at every, every funeral. Every funeral sounds different. Every funeral, it comes from a different angle. But almost every funeral, this verse, this sermon, this sermonette pops out of it. Do not let your heart be troubled. Imagine this text, this portion of the book of John. Jesus is headed to Jerusalem. He is having a conversation with his disciples and he's looking at things and he's talking to them and, and he's having a conversation and Peter's like, I'll never leave you. And Jesus said, yes, you will. And all of a sudden, Thomas, he keeps talking and Thomas speaks up in just a moment. That's the context here. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many Mansions or dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. 
For I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you will be also. And you know the way where I'm going. And here's Thomas. He speaks up, and Thomas says to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. How in the world is it that Jesus could sit here and tell his disciples that, look, I am about to leave you. A little while longer I'm going to be with you, children, and I've got to go to a place, and you can't come where I'm going right now, but soon you will. But I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and receive you into myself, that where I am, there you'll be also. How in the world did Jesus know all of this? Because he was God. He was sovereign. It was part of the plan. It was not an accident. The cross wasn't an accident. Jesus Christ came to this earth on mission to seek and to save that which was lost. Turn over, turn over with me. Look right here. Look right here. Look over. Go back a few pages. Look at John 10. Look at John 10. Here's a cool part about it. We're going up to Easter. We're getting to the cross. We're getting to the crucifixion. And it is a horrible, horrific way to die. I, I don't think there's a worse way to die. Because the torture, the, most people die during the torture. But Jesus suffered through every bit of it. All temptation. All pain. He felt it all. He could have called down myriads of angels. He could have spoken. I was getting ready this morning and I was thinking about that. He could have literally thought it. And it would have been, beep, gone, over, fixed, done. But instead he drunk every bit of it. Look at this. Notice and over in John chapter 10. Look at verse 17. For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. Jesus lays it down. Jesus takes it up. Notice verse 18. No one has taken it from me. But I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down and have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. Let me tell you one thing. Jesus is one bad dude. He is a bad man. I know we see him. He gets all beat up. But we'll never see him like that again. When he comes back, he's going to be he's gonna be bad to the bone. Because he had authority the whole time. He just sat there and like a, like a lamb before his, his murderer, he was quiet. Because that was his plan. That was the mission. He, th- people didn't kill him. He laid himself out there to be killed on the cross for you and me. He did it intentionally. He did it part of his plan. It's not an accident. He wasn't caught. He wasn't this teacher that was caught. No, he had authority the whole way through. I love it when he's arrogant like that sometimes. He's like, look, you have no authority if it weren't from given from above. I love it when Jesus shows out. Because most of the time we see him quiet, but we do see occasional glimpses of his power that comes through his word that says, you wait. And guys, the sad part about it, the sad part about it is he means every word of it. The sad part about it is he means every bit of it. And that is not sad for the believer, that is sad for the lost person. We don't understand the wrath of God. We don't grasp the wrath 
the wrath of God. But one of these days, those that have not trusted Christ are going to experience the wrath of God like never before. For all of eternity, what Jesus felt there in that few hours there on the cross, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Humanity that reject so great a love will for all of eternity Experience that wrath, that separation, that hopelessness, that fear, that darkness, that place of utter, utter away from God. And you don't have to. You don't have to. Go with me one more place. Jesus was on a mission. He, he, he didn't accidentally... It was not a surprise for him. He knew it the whole time. Go to 1 John chapter 4. Jesus was on a mission. I pray that there's not one of you in this room that misses Jesus on this side of eternity because there's no getting him next time. Look at, look at verse 7. 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us. Listen, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we loved God. Listen, church, it wasn't us that started the love conversation. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. And how did He love us? By sending His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. You say, preacher, what does that word mean? What is a propitiation? He, he appeased God's wrath. He satisfied. Christ satisfied for the Father. Everything our sin demanded. Christ fully satisfied there by giving himself. There is no, hear this. There is no other way to satisfy it. There's no other way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except exclusively only through me. There is satisfaction found no other way. That was part of the mission. It was, it was part of the plan. It was not an accident. It was the way it was supposed to be. Be the propitiation for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in His love and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. 
And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Jesus was sent on mission for a purpose. He didn't come to condemn. He didn't come to judge you. He didn't come to call you out. No, he came to set you free. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus didn't come to to make your life boring and miserable. No, Jesus came to give you life, abundant life. That's why I'm saying, that's why I started it out. If If you're chasing life through all the distractions and missing Christ altogether, you're not getting the abundant life. Only through Christ, only through the finished and completed work of the cross, He was sent, the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Don't miss Jesus. Please don't miss Jesus. He came on mission. You know, we go on mission trips. We go on a lot of mission trips. We'll go, I promise you. We will. They'll let us go again. We'll go. My prayer for you right now is to be saying, preacher saying, we're going. Am I going? That's how it works. That's how it works. You say, preacher, how's, how's it work? I hear, you, I hear you're a mission-minded guy. How does it work? We, well, it works in the pews. The preacher says, hey, guys, we're going we're gonna to be going on mission. We're going to be going out there into the world. We're going to be going to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts. And we're going to be making his name known to all the nations. We're going to be doing that. And your response is, Lord God, what is my role? God, do you want me to go? And some of you right now say, you know what, I can't go no more, but I'll sure help. I can't go nowhere, but I'll sure pray. And some of you say, are you serious, Lord? Guys, he saved you for a purpose. Jesus was sent here on a mission. To save us for a purpose. And that purpose was not to just sit back and live happily ever after. No That purpose was to be spent. To be spent. To be used for His glory. Look at your life. Look at your walk. Look at your story. Look at your situation. How are you being spent? He came. He pursued you. He rescued you from wherever you were. Whether you were that sweet little girl or boy sitting in the pew during a vacation Bible school or a little revival or some get-together or youth event or whether you were as far, far, far from a church house as you can imagine. We all have a story of where we were when He found me. But praise God He found you. That was His mission wasn't an accident wasn't an accident he came for you father god i i know we're attacked all the time and we're we got a lot of stuff going on lord i remember saying it in 2018 and 2019 and 2020 and lord i can say it even in 2021 there's a lot out there there's a lot of shiny things out there There's a lot of beautiful things and interesting things. And there's a lot of things out there. But Lord, if we allow those things of this world to 
come in and crowd out and cover up and replace even Jesus in our lives God we are missing so much of what you have to offer Lord forgive us thank you Jesus for coming and saving me Lord, I pray that all around this room, every person in this room can sit there in their spirit and say, thank you, Jesus, for coming and saving me. But Lord, if there's one who can't say that, Holy Spirit of God, draw them to yourself. Show them their desperate need of you. And, and Lord, by faith, by simple childlike faith, let them trust you. Let them call out and cry out for mercy and forgiveness and put their trust and their faith and their hope only in you, Lord Jesus. You came to seek and to save that which was lost. You came to give life, abundant life. Thank you. Thank you for being obedient, for being even obedient to the point of death on a cross, a sinner's cross. Thank you. We praise your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen.